This is your go-to podcast for the breaking news across the NFL. While breaking down how this might affect your fantasy team's success. Are you ready to be a champ? Then welcome to Fields of Fantasy. How's it going, everybody? It is your boy, Johnny B, and we are back here for another daily deep dive with Field of Fantasy, and we're going on to the, uh, the Seahawks. And I think there's quite a lot to talk about the Seahawks, which would be quite nice after uh, talking about the first two teams, probably our shortest two episodes that we've been yeah. on in this daily deep dive. But I think we can turn that around and make it longer with a decent chat over the Seahawks players. As always, I am joined by Dowie. How are you feeling? And I, look, I, I actually, high on the Seahawks this year, I think they'll be one of the top challengers in the NFC. So that's my little tidbit on them. But Gino, we've got him as QB 14, ADP of a 114. He finished QB 5 last year. He had 4,282 yards, 30 touchdowns, which is massive. He's got great weapons. They've upgraded. They've got him the best wide receiver in the draft. Now, do I think he'll do as well as last year? Potentially not. But is he better than QB fourteen? I think so. Like, will he be a low end, like in the QB ten to eight, possibly? So I think very good value, and he's someone as a low end QB one, and he's definitely a high end QB two. So someone I really like. I think he's got the weapons there. He's playing the form of his life. Pete Carroll's a very good coach. So I love Gina QB fourteen. Take him. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think he's, he's definitely decent value there. I think what I liked about Gino was it was consistency, really. He only had one week, which was under 10 points, which, you know, quite often happens that you get a couple of dodgy, a few dodgy weeks for QBs over the uh, season. At six weeks, his top 10, it was just consistent, really. Like most of the weeks, he'd get you those 15 points to 20 points. He had a couple of, a few spike weeks over the top of that but it was just consistent and as a QB2 you're not you're not drafting Gino here as your QB1 you're probably drafting Gino as your backup as your plug and play if you like the matchup and actually I think he is good value and as you say he was QB5 last year and you kind of look at the situation the Seahawks and think they've upgraded the uh, weapons by getting JSN yeah and then they've gone and got Charbonnet as well so he's, he's got more weapons to throw to more weapons within that offense and you expect him to just be that six consistent qb what i will say is there's other qbs around him like aaron Rodgers, which probably has more upside because we know he's got the ability to yeah. be within like the top 10 on a more consistent basis but you know to get qb5 last year was a was remarkable because no one would have guessed that he was going to be Top 10, let alone top 5. So it's going to be an interesting one. But as I say, he's a solid QB too, isn't he? Yeah, and I think QB 14, like I think they've undervalued him, to be honest. I'd have him probably that 10 to 12 mark. Yeah, I mean, where's where's Goff going? So he's got to be a rough... I think he's got QB 13, potentially. About the same as well. Danny Jones, you're in that Danny Jones, Goff, Wilson, Cousins, Rogers range, aren't you? And I think, yeah. for me, Smith is the one I want as a QB too. Yeah. I like him. I like him. Let's go to running back because this one should be, it should have been easy until the draft. So we've got yeah. Walker, cube, um, running back 18, ADP of four, 40. From week six to seven, when he took over, it was RB8. 
He averaged 16.4 points per game, which is mm. brilliant. But he was a bow cow back when he, he had all the work. Um, now, I'm going to bring this player in so we weren't just discussing because this will affect his fantasy. They've just drafted Charbonnet in round two. RB37, ADP of 100. He was highly talented in college. He finished fourth in PFF rushing grade, fifth in receiving grade in running backs. Now, the way I see it personally, I think Walker gets the more percentage of the split. It might be 70-30, on the ground. But I think Charbonnet is going to eat into the receiving work. So it might be a bit like you know, the Nick Chubb and Hunt. Chubb got the rushing, Hunt got the receiving. So that does affect Walker's fantasy value. But um, I think RB18, I still like him because he does look like a top 10 running back. He's just, he's not an RB1. He's your RB2, isn't he? I think so. Um, You know, you look, you look at him across the season. He didn't start off well because he wasn't getting the snap percentage. But as soon as he got the snap percentage, he kind of took the opportunity to just... He take was that RB1 got, for the season. It was when uh, Penny got that injury, what we was all waiting on. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, what I will say is when Penny came in, when Kenneth was out for that game or so, well, it was a full game and almost a, a second full game, wasn't it, in week 13-14, um, when Walker was injured, Penny came in and he did a good job as well. So we know that, you know, they are going to run. And I think it's more of a case of how they're going to, how much they're going to run this season is how much value you probably give to Kenneth Walker because if they don't, they run any much less than they did last season, then it's hard to see how well he will do. He didn't actually score huge amounts of touchdowns following his injury in week 13. The last four games, he didn't score one touchdown. So he's not hugely touchdown dependent to get himself towards those 15 points, but to get to that elite, he needs to add that on to yeah. it. Um, so it's going to be interesting because especially if you bring another running back in, you don't know definitely which one of these guys is going to be the running back for the red zone. So it is a tricky situation, but he is getting drafted at about 15, isn't he? Around that 15 mark. And I just think that it might I... Be... You know what? Now I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about other date dives. Now, Walker is probably a better running back than these two players I'm going to mention. Mm-hmm. But I probably prefer Cam Akers and James Conner over him because you've got the volume. I just, and that's it. I think the situations are much better for them yeah. than they are for Kenneth Walker. I love Kenneth Walker, but I don't think the situation's built there for him no. to succeed. And he is a volume back. He is going to rely on volume. What about Charbonne, are you drafting him? Like me personally, I have no shares in him. Dynasty, uh, re- Dynasty, I'd get it. Like, but in redraft, I personally not taking him. ADP of a hundred. I just think it's too early, isn't it? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I for me, I see that as too early. He's going around that area where you're drafting the likes of Penny, Herbert, Gibson, Dylan, Cook, Demont, P. Ryan. I just not. And even Jamal Williams. I'd rather have Jamal Williams over Charbonnet because you know, I know Jamal Williams is going to get that volume in those th- first three w- three weeks. I think he's going to be he's going to get some decent um, red zone work as well at the Saints. I, it, for me, Charbonnet's too much of a stab in the dark of how well he's going to do this year. 
and you have to think that with Kenneth Walker in front of him, it's going to be limited. Um, will he? Does he have a chance of you know beating his ADP? Yes, but I think it's going to be a struggle to go into say the top fifteen running backs. Yeah, especially if Walker stays fit. And it's a shame because I watched Charbonnet um, in a lead to the draft and I loved him. And then, you know, when you see where he gets drafted and then you think, oh, his fantasy value is just going to... Yeah. You know, if I mean, you beh- put behind, him anywhere yeah. above... I mean, behind Bijan, he was always the number two for me out of the draft class, but situations are everything, aren't they, in, in yeah. football fantasy value, so... No, it's an interesting cool. one. I think we're probably a bit cooler on these two than a lot of people, aren't we? I think and definitely it's because... Say, and it's not we're saying they're bad players. They're great players. And in different situations, we probably would be all over them. But you said it, situations matter in our fantasy and they're just not in a great It does. Way. I just And it depends how you've drafted, I think, up to the point for Walker. I don't... Uh, to be honest, if I've, I don't really want him as my RB2. I think I want somebody who I think is going to be more reliable at that point. I'd rather probably get another wide receiver in and wait, as you say, and get the likes of Akers or Connor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Wide receiver then. Let's, uh, where should we start, DK? Yeah, let's move on with the man with the best torso in the NFL. I would say yes. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 16, ADP of 35. He finished wide receiver 17 last year. He's tied. He tied also second with Justin Jefferson on red zone targets, which is a big thing. Um, DK, I've never. He was nearly on your fraud list, weren't he? Yeah, he was. But so was Russell Wilson, and now he's gone. Maybe it was that fraud that was causing DK some problems. So yeah, I, I do really like DK. I just, I think this year how I've drafted. I've gone wide receiver first two rounds and then I've panicked and gone running back in the third round and that's where DK is roughly going third and four. So Mm. my style hasn't really gone with him. I don't think I have any shares in him. But I think he's a solid wide receiver too for me. High-end wide receiver too. In PPR. And when you're looking at his actual season. He only scored six touchdowns, which isn't a high amount for someone you'd class as your elite wide receiver one. It was quite split, wasn't it? The touchdown work across all the wide receivers at the Seahawks and some of the tight end as well, because I swear every other tight end got a touchdown. I I always remember when Will Disley got them two tight ends and was like, who the fuck's this guy? Yeah. And he, he became relevant for a few weeks and then, and then Fank come along and had a few weeks as well, didn't he? So it'd be interesting. And Colby Parkinson, actually. He yeah. actually had a couple of weeks as well. Yeah. So the actual split for the red zone work was across all the team. And you've got to think it's probably going to be similar this year. I mean, yeah. and I think they've, strength, they've strengthened. So they've got to probably split it against across some more. Um, so for me, it's a hard one to work out where DK's ceiling is. And, you know, he's getting drafted below Devonta Smith um, ahead of Ridley, Cooper, Debo, D-Hop. For me, I'm looking at D-Hop at wide receiver one at Tennessee. It'd be interesting with Tannehill there. Can he do well? 
uh, to be honest, Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson can be the player that we know he can be, then, then he they've could got have a Elijah really good Moore now, haven't they? They drafted Tillman. DVP gets a bit of work. You got Njoku. You know, yeah, they're, but they're not the best backfield. Like Seahawks, I love their team. Yeah, see, I'm struggling to see where I prefer their situations. But they're exactly. going to, there's going to be someone who does, and DK has proved it. So, I mean, but are you going DK or going Calvin Ridley? Who who are you going for? It's a tough one because you got to think. Even though I, I do love Ridley, he's been out the game for a year. Yeah, and you've got Kirk there. Just, I think, again, it, it probably depends where you've gone already in the draft. I think if you've gone two wide receivers, then you might take a little punt on on your third wide receiver at this stage, on, on your Ridleys or your D-Hops or your Coopers, I think. I think I'll be honest. But then maybe, if you, maybe if you're W2 and you need someone more reliable, then you go towards D, towards a DK Metcalf. See, me personally, around that rage, I'm, I'm favouring D-Hop. Yeah, I think well, I would I as know, well. I think you're. I know you're a Ridley guy, and you're fact, like it's all interpretations. I think I prefer D Hop situation over Metcalf, but Metcalf has proved it, so you can't say no to that. So maybe if you did go to, if you went to running backs first, and then I suppose a DK and a D Hop might not be a bad uh, pairing, would they? Well, yeah, I think it'd be a very good pairing, to be honest. It's an interesting one. Should we move on to the other wide receivers as well? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett because he's wide receiver 28, ADP of 73. He was actually wide receiver 16 in fantasy points per game. He ranked 25th in PFF receiving. Now, he actually had a really good season last year. He's aging, though. And there's players going around him who I prefer, so you can get Ayuk. Ayuk is going after him. Pittman's going after him, and Kirk's going after him. I personally prefer them three players to lock it. So I'm out on lock it this year. I think JSN will will take a lot of volume from him. Yeah, I mean, I'd be inclined to agree. And again. I think he got nine touchdowns last year, which is more than the DK. So kind of, who do you think JSN's going to take the volume from? Well, you're going to go with Lockie, aren't you? Because how old is DK? I think he's 25, 26. Yeah, exactly. So he's still got plenty of time on him. So you're looking at it and you're thinking DK and JSN are going to be their two guys, aren't they? So Lockett's got to be the guy that's going to, fall from the volume's going to fall he, he got a thousand yards last year mm. i would expect that to go down yeah. um jsn is going to have any fantasy relevance um but it's it's, in, it's interesting i think for me it's it's an area which i probably won't don't want to touch yeah i don't want in redraft i probably don't want him or jsn just because i think it's a hard one to read when jsn will become relevant Will he become relevant this season? Wide receivers quite often don't become relevant. And they might just say, look, be patient and learn from your two vets in front of you. So it's going to be interesting. Or could he be a Jamar Chase and fly from the start? But Jamar Chase has just had, it's got Joe Burrow thrown to him, not Geno Smith. Yeah, so I think we've lucky. Um, out of all the three receivers, he's the one I'm fading. Yeah, I think I'm fading him as well. So we'll move to JSN, wide receiver 38, ADP of 83. He was drafted in the first round. 
everyone said he was the best wide receiver in the class. He has comparisons of Armand St. Brown. They say he's just as good, potentially better. Armand St. Brown is fantasy gold. Maybe in a better situation. Mm -hmm. But we've seen what these slot receivers can do in fantasy. You know, we've seen Cole Beasley in his prime, Hunter Renfro, Julian Edelman. I'm on St. Brown, Cooper Cup when he's in the slot. So, you know what, JSN, he's someone I'm actually taking that punt on just because of how talented he actually is. Yeah, if he's got any chance of being like Aaron Ross and Brown still, I don't think we're going to see him probably too heavily with the snaps until the second half of the season, probably. Well, when I look at the wide receivers, DK is just a little bit too... He's the best wide receiver there, but he's just a bit early for me. Lock it on fading. JSN, at that eight, eight, 83rd pick, I like him there as it... You know, that potential high ceiling. Look, he's going to be a tough team to mark, um, to defend against Seahawks. You know, there's a lot of weapon And like Lockett, Lockett probably has a good season. I just don't think he has a good fantasy season. Well, if his volume goes down, he's going to need those touchdowns as well, yeah. isn't he? So, and I think JSM will also take a bit of um, volume from the tight end as well, being in the slot. I would have thought so. I would have thought so. So, speaking about tight end then. No offence. Tight end 28, ADP a 254. I'll be honest with you, we seen the Seahawks situation last year. It was so volatile. They are, you know what, no fun. If you're going to take him anywhere, potentially best ball, late pick. Yeah, you, that, that, that I would agree, yeah. You know, if you take three tight ends, it's your third tight end because you know you're going to get two big weeks out of him at 17. Pretty but, much. They've still got Will Disley. They've got Cody Parkinson still. Like, we're not taking any of them two either, but they're all going to have a decent week here and there, aren't they? But they're not going to get you consistent points. They're just going to have that one, two decent week. So I'm fading all of them. No, if offense. anything, yeah. yeah. Agreed. I completely agree. I mean, you look at the situation, as you say, last year, it was, it was one man had a day one week, another man had a day another week. And, you know, it was it was annoying. I picked Fant because I thought he was going to have... A, at the start of last season, Fant was a guy who I was happy to try and pick up as a late-round uh, tight end two in my team. Um, and the start of the season, he just did terrible. As soon as I got rid of him out of my team, he had those spike weeks. And then, he did, and then yeah, Colby Parkinson came onto the scene and he had some spike weeks. It's, it's so hard to predict at the Seahawks for the tight ends. But what I will say is, as you said, the wide receivers are going to eat some of that tight end volume this year. The wide receivers have improved. You know, they've got three really good wide receivers really there. So the tight ends probably don't need to get involved too much with the passing game. And if anything, just need to be there to help block for the yeah, QB tight. and... It's like so Noah, I just don't see them being relevant, to be honest. Yeah, it's like Noah Fant. He was a first-round draft pick as well for the Denver Broncos. He never did it there. And last year was actually his lowest ever yard this season. I think he got about 400 and something yards. So I just think if you're in best ball and you see him late on, you know what, take him because you will get them spike weeks. But in redraft, he's just not. He's too volatile. Excellent. Right. That has been the Seattle Seahawks. And it means we have got... One team left to go 
in the ANFC East. It's the 49ers. We've saved one of the best till last. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.